It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 22nd, 2021. My name is Philip Wasserman. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can post on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore on today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to kind of recap a little bit of uh, where Cole Anthony is after his game-winning shot, what the shot means, as well as how the Magic move forward with it. We'll also talk about the Magic's offense and one way they can maybe make the offense a little bit better, just, just a little bit better. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that, and then of course we'll preview the Magic's game Friday night against the Indiana Pacers. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment, but before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts. On the Locked On Podcast Network, by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with the true team detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Indiana Pacers to get you set for Friday's game? Check out Locked On Pacers. Want to look ahead to Sunday's game against the Charlotte Hornets? Check out Locked On Hornets. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast where you just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The uh, Orlando Magic world is still buzzing over Cole Anthony's game-winning shot that's preventing the Magic from going into a really big hole. A seven-game losing streak is is a really big deal, and and obviously a six-game losing streak is also a big deal. Um, but it was a huge shot, a huge confidence-building shot. You could you could feel a weight being lifted off of everyone's shoulders. Um, it, it felt like for much of that game, especially after uh, they've hit some adversity there in the first quarter, um, it, it felt like the Magic were pressing. They were just trying to do a little too much, trying to get themselves over the hump. Just it it it, it felt like the team was really struggling to kind of hit their mark. Um, and, and obviously, I think you got to play loose. I think you got to play confidently, and and you gotta you can't be trying to do too much uh, when when you get into those situations. And that's that's how you end up in deeper holes. You need a certain sense of urgency for sure. And I and I think that's something that the Magic kind of learned a little bit, hopefully, in in that game on Wednesday, um, to play with a certain intensity and urgency, but not to play with a certain amount of panic. And you know, Cole Anthony is a really good example, or a really good exemplar of kind of the way the Magic are playing right now. Everyone within that organization will tell you that Cole Anthony is in an impossible spot, as most rookies in this league are in a seemingly impossible spot. They didn't have summer league. They didn't have a real training camp. They didn't have the pre-training camp workouts. They didn't have the time to really get themselves acclimated to the NBA game. So they're not only learning playbooks on, on the fly, they're learning, I get essentially how to replay the game at this level. Um, something that, that no one can do seamlessly. Again, there's, there's plenty of examples of even 
all-star rookies who have their ups and downs and have their struggles. Cole Anthony has struggled this year. There's no doubt about it. 10.3 points per game, 3.3 assists per game, 33.7% shooting, 26.9% from beyond the arc. It has not been a great statistical season for Cole Anthony, but rookie stats are usually pretty bad anyway, so it's not the end of the world. No one is no one is panicking because Cole Anthony is struggling a little bit out of the gate. Certainly, it's been hurt that Cole Anthony has had to essentially be the starting point guard um, since Markel Fultz's injury. That's certainly hurt the team. That's certainly put them in a little bit more of a bind, and they've had to find ways to um, protect Cole in a lot of ways, to protect him and put him in positions to succeed and put him in the same positions they hope to put him in um, off the bench uh, as much as they can. Um, Certainly, they've asked a little bit more from him, but overall, everyone seems to be really happy with the way that he's approached games and the flashes that he's shown. It hasn't come offensively like most of us thought. A lot of it's been defensively, actually. Well, he still gets beat off the dribble a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a great defender yet. He makes some really strong defensive plays. Um, you know, he, he even offensively, he's not hitting his shots yet, but he's getting to his spots. He's getting to the rim. And again, shot selection definitely needs to be a little bit better. Um, you know, he needs to, be, needs to play under more control. But that's it. And, and honestly, that's, you know, that's kind of what you expect from a rookie. Um, you know, A, he's out there, he needs to perform, and no, no, one's, no one's changing that, that too. Uh, and Cole will tell you that too. Um, no one is probably harder on Cole Anthony on that team than Cole Anthony. But everyone seems to be there to try and pick him up and try and make sure that he's still on the right path. And Wednesday's game was an absolute sign that he's getting there. Wednesday's game, that moment, hitting the three-pointer with 30 seconds left and then hitting the game-winning three were both signs that, yeah, he can get it. That, you know, play with a little bit little bit of composure, play with a ton of confidence, and he can get it. Cole Anthony's numbers have actually increased. Um, you know, again, I, I gave you those numbers. His last five games, he's averaging 12.4 points per game, scoring more than 10 points in four out of the five games. He's shooting 36.9% from the field. Not great yet. But now he's at 39.1% from beyond the arc in his last five games. That's more of the shooting the Magic were expecting from Cole Anthony. And again, we've seen as he struggled to shoot early in the year, teams are starting to duck under screens. Teams are starting to dare him to shoot and and forcing him to think a little bit. And again, that's emblematic of the issues the Magic have had offensively, I feel. As the Magic have struggled more offensively, if they've struggled to kind of play their way without Markel Fultz in the lineup, They've been thinking a lot more. There's a lot of discomfort. A lot of guys aren't playing necessarily on instinct or on habit. They're, 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 struggling, to, they're struggling to make things happen. It's, it's not second nature to them. And again, this is stuff that gets built in a training camp. As I've, I've often said, this team is essentially uh, in a preseason mode right now. The, the, the kind of play that they're playing in is a preseason game, essentially, or at preseason levels. This is all, again, to say that the Magic are like a rookie team. They're like a team that's trying to find their way and having to do it on the fly in seemingly impossible situations. And the hope is that they're making enough progress that things click. Now, obviously, it's that's not a perfect analogy. I'm not going to excuse the losses. The Magic need to win games. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're in the middle of the playoff battle. There's no reason to think that they can't get there or that that shouldn't still be their goal. I mean, there's plenty of reasons to think that they can't get there, but 
Um, there's no reason to think that that shouldn't still be their goal at this point of the season. But take the lesson from Cole Anthony, or, or at least take the lesson that we're going to hope that Cole Anthony gets from this moment. Playing with confidence, feeling like you belong, and reacting are such big keys to success in this league. The difference between guys that make the league and fall out of the league is very slim. You know, we see it all the time. A player gets put in the wrong situation out of the draft, and they don't become the player that they might have become otherwise. Um, perceptions of them change, and, and what, what they're expected to do and, and how they have to adapt to stay in the league changes, and some guys just don't recover from that. Um, it, it is a very thin line for a lot of players on whether they stay in the league or not. And it comes down to, frankly, just confidence and comfort within their roles. We will see what Cole Anthony does with this moment. And, and I think that's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch in Friday's game. I, uh, one of my favorite sports cliches is, and I know I've said it a million times on this podcast, momentum is the next day's pitcher. You're only as good as your next game. You know, we all like to say, oh, this guy's playing good. And I just gave you those stats that Cole Anthony's played his last five games. You know, the Magic have had probably their two best, two of their three best defensive efforts of the season in their last two games. So maybe the Magic's defense is rounding in form. And honestly, back before uh, Markel Fultz got hurt, it looked like the Magic's defense was rounding in the form. They did a really good job against those two, in those two games against Cleveland. Obviously not a great offense, but um, it felt like the Magic were kind of finding themselves defensively again. And they played with a ton of energy and attention to detail in the second half. Aaron Gordon is playing some incredible defense right now. It, it deserves a ton of recognition of how well he's playing on that end. Um, the block that he had on D'Angelo Russell late in the game was a really incredible basketball play, and he had a few really just incredible blocks. And Aaron Gordon actually got, posthum, you know, posthumously is not the right word, but um, Aaron Gordon was actually awarded a triple-double. Um, he was granted an assist that was credited to the wrong player, so he had his second career triple-double. Makes you want to play Minnesota more often, doesn't it? Um, it's, it's, the Magic are figuring things out. Um, you know, I think that they are playing a lot better. Um, they played well against Brooklyn. You know, they did some good things against New York. They did good things against Minnesota. The offense is obviously still the biggest issue. And that's, honestly, I, I would hope that getting this win will lift that weight off their shoulders a little bit. That getting this win will, you know, make them a little bit better on that end. Or will, um, will make them feel a little bit more confident and loose and free on that end. Because... That's what they're going to need from Cole Anthony from here on out. They're going to need Cole Anthony to play loose and confident. And, and, and you hope that a moment like this gives him that kind of confidence. You know, it, it, it truly, you know, every rookie, I think, has a moment where they realize they belong in this league. And Cole Anthony's a super confident guy anyway. He'd tell you that he, be, that he believes that he belongs in this league anyway. But this was truly a moment where he made a play, where, you know, time was against him. The team needed him to make a play, and he came through for them in an incredible fashion. I, I don't know how that doesn't give him confidence, and I am curious to see what he does with that against a very good Indiana team, mind you. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is a good defender. Um, I'm curious to see what he does with that confidence come Friday night, and I'm curious to see what the Magic do now that they've broken the losing streak now that maybe that they feel a little bit of confidence, feel a little bit of swagger again, that, hey, we won this game. We, you know, again, by the skin of their teeth, 
No one's no one's going to say it was a, a a runaway great win. But we won this game, and now we can move forward with what we need to do to win. We'll talk a little bit about what the Magic might need to do more of offensively coming up here in just a moment. But first, it is a big weekend in the NFL. Coming up on the conference championship games, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Green Bay Packers, all trying to book their tickets to Tampa for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. And we are ready for the big matchups all around college basketball and the NBA as well. So there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust to get you in the game. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Undoubtedly, the biggest issue facing the Orlando Magic is their offense. It's terrible. It's not good. There's no, no getting around it. They're uh, the worst, the worst three-point shooting team in the league. They're uh, second worst in field goal percentage, I believe. They're 26th or 27th in offensive rating. It's not good. And when an offense isn't good, it puts a lot of pressure on other parts of the, the team. The Magic have played two great defensive games the last two two outings, but because the offense was so terrible, because the Magic were struggling so much to shoot and just to score. That, well, every defensive mistake got amplified. It felt like the Magic gave up a ton of threes. They did. But each three was more backbreaking than the last. Each made basket, each little mistake was more terrible and horrible. The margin for error, quite simply, is too small. The Magic can't take any plays off defensively because the offense isn't going to be there to help them. But the good news is the Orlando Magic did find out on Wednesday that they can use their defense to generate some offense and generate some energy. And what they have to make sure that they do, as Steve Clifford said after the game, is make sure that they are an every every play defensive team. Um, they cannot let their offense affect their defense. But undoubtedly, if the Magic are going to get where they want to go, if the Magic are going to kind of build up a little bit of a win streak, if the Magic are going to make the playoffs, it's got to start on. It's got to start with making some shots. <laughs> to, to be quite simple, it's got to, the defense has got to be there. But the Magic got to make some shots too, of course, because that's the point of the game. Scoring is the point of the game. No shot in the NBA is more efficient than the free throw. I think it's something like 1.6 points per possession on uh, if you get to the foul line. You know, they they this analytics people will tell you that the best way to score in the NBA is layup, three-pointer, and free throw. And the free throw is the best way to score. At the beginning of the season, it felt like the Magic were making progress as free-throw shooters. It felt like that they were taking steps forward, that they were starting 
to get to the line a whole lot more. And in fact, on the flip side of this, one of the big central tenets of Steve Clifford's defensive scheme and defensive coda is do not foul. Again, Steve Clifford's, uh, uh, our, our pal Chris Barnwell, um, you told you know says that you know uh, covered the covered the Charlotte Hornets for a long time, you know said Steve Clifford teams they try to control what they can control, no turnovers, good defense, no foul, things that you can control, no transition points. They want to make you beat them in the half court and execute in the half court. And if that that's how they lose the game, that's so be it. That's how they lose the game. And so free throws are a very big deal for the Orlando Magic. Because right now, the Magic need to find any offensive advantage that they can get. And if you're looking for one reason the Magic are struggling offensively, it does have to start with their foul game, with their ability to get to the foul line. Orlando currently ranks 27th in the league in free throw rate. They take free throw rate. That means they take, they're taking 22.1 free throw attempts for every 100 field goal attempts. Orlando is averaging 20.2 free throw attempts per game on a raw basis, 24th in the league. Orlando is actually one of the better free throw shooting teams in the league, 79.5%. They're eighth in the league in that category. So getting to the line is a good thing for the Magic. If the Magic get to the line, they will make that free throw four out of every five times. That's pretty good. We'll take that. Put that in some perspective. Let's say the Magic get five more free throws per game. So they get to the line three more times, essentially. And they take their raw scoring average one from 104 points per game to 108 points per game by making four of those free throws. That would take them from the 28th best best scoring offense in the league to 23rd. Just 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 that just doing that alone would bump them up five spots. Now again, that's not killer. No one's writing home about it, the 23rd best offense in the league. But again, when you're playing a lot of close games, when you're playing close games, that's a pretty sizable jump up the standings. No doubt, the Magic's offense has to figure out how to make threes and and do a lot of the other things that they have to do. But getting to the foul line would be a big deal. And if you go back and look at how the Magic played um, in the first eight games of the season, the first half of the season when they were 6-2, and two, free throws were a big part of why they were so successful. Orlando had the 18th best offensive rating in the league through the first eight games, so through January 6th when Marco Fultz got hurt, at 108.4 points per 100 possessions. They had a free throw rate during that time of 24 free throw attempts per 100 field goal attempts. That's 18th in the league. Again, not killer at all. But jumping up from 21 to 24, you know, again, adding those extra three field, three free throw attempts for every 100 field goal attempts is a pretty big jump for the offense. Now, both of those numbers were trending downward from the team's first four games when the Magic were 4-0 and were really humming offensively with 114.3 points per 100 possessions, fifth in the league at the time. They were getting the foul line for 31 free throws per 100 field goal, field goal attempts, sixth in the league. So, why was the Magic's offense playing so well at the start of the season? Certainly, pace had a lot to do with it. The Magic were playing really confidently and loose, but they were getting to the foul line. It wasn't just about Markel Fultz. A lot of players were getting to the foul line. If the Magic want to improve their offense, getting to the free throw line is key. And it's honestly something the Magic have struggled with since Dwight Howard left. Obviously, Dwight Howard went to the line a ton. That was part of the strategy in defending him was to foul him. But the Magic haven't ranked higher than 20th in free throw rate since Dwight Howard left. Predictably, the Magic's offense has been mostly terrible since Dwight Howard left. So, again, 
getting to the foul line isn't necessarily correlative with winning. There are great there are some very good teams that do not go to the foul line very often. But getting to the foul line for this team is definitely something that would help them play a whole lot better. It's just one piece of the puzzle for why the Magic's offense is struggling so much. According to NBA.com's tracking statistics uh, from, from Second Spectrum, the Magic averaged 21.1 paint touches per game. If you're going to get to the foul line, you're probably going to get into the paint, cause the defense to collapse, cause the defense to reach, uh, or, or kick out and force the defense to react where they're out of position, and that's how you draw fouls. So paint touches, it's something that Steve Clifford's very big on. He wants the ball in the paint and then kicking out. Um, doesn't want the ball just hanging on the perimeter. It's a big way to draw fouls, too. The average average just 21.1 paint touches per game, according to Second Spectrum, 18th in the league. They averaged 24.8 paint touches per game, fifth in the league last year. Again, not correlative with a strong offense, but you can see the Magic being abjectly terrible offensively to being decent offensively. Paint touches matter. Before Markel Fultz's injury, the Maverick Magic averaged 23.6 paint touches per game. That was 10th in the league. So again, you're seeing a correlation here. The Magic getting into the paint more, getting fouled more. The offense is a lot better. Since Fultz's injury, though, the Magic are averaging just 19 paint touches per game, the fourth fewest in the league. Going from 23 to 19, again, and this is not how Steve Clifford measures paint touches. It's just how Second Spectrum measures it. Again, a huge difference. Adding to this equation, let's talk about drives. Again, a way to get fouls is to drive to the basket, drive into the paint. Orlando's averaging 41 drives per game, according to Second Spectrum, the fourth fewest in the league. Before Fultz's injury, they were averaging 45.9 drives per game. They're at 36.8 drives per game since the injury. So again, losing Fultz, they've definitely lost a player who put a lot of pressure on defenses by driving in the lane. Now, drive by Second Spectrum is defined as a player going from 20 feet from the basket to at least 10 feet to the basket. Um, So again... These are not correlative. They're not directly leading to fouls, but think logically. You're driving into the paint. You're putting pressure on the defense to react and shift and move. You're able to kick out to open shooters. You're able to potentially get guys out of position, and that's what causes a foul. When a player's out of position, when a player's late reacting, that's what causes fouls. The Magic are not doing any of these things. Since Fultz's injury, for sure, the Magic are not doing any of these things. Now, I don't think the Magic will ever be a strong free throw shooting team or a team that gets, they'll be a good free throw shooting team, but they won't be a team that gets a lot of free throw attempts. It's just not who they are as players. Nikola Vucevic, the Magic's highest usage player, not a free throw shooter. That's been the biggest criticism or one of the the biggest offensive criticism of him throughout his career is that he's just, he's so skilled at working around players. He rarely draws fouls. He's averaging only 2.3 free throw attempts per game this year. So he's essentially taking one trip to the foul line every game. Evan Fournier's return should help the Magic's offense a ton, not just because he's a floor spacer, but because he kind of gets to the line a little bit. Evan Fournier is averaging four and a half free throw attempts per game this this season. If that continues, it would be just the second time he's averaged more than four free throws per game, uh, free throw attempts per game uh, in his career. Aaron Gordon, being on the ball more as an attacker, might also help the Magic a little bit. He's averaging 4.4 free throw attempts per game. It'll be the first time Gordon's eclipsed four free throw attempts per game. But again, we're still talking about very small things. Fournier going to the line for 4.4. That's two to three trips to the free throw line per game. 
Aaron Gordon at an even four free throw attempts per game, that's just two trips to the foul line. We're not talking about guys that are going there eight, nine, ten times per game. If that happened, the Magic would be in real good shape. I, I think that I think that would be good, but that's not who these players are. But undoubtedly, the Magic trying to get more fouls, the Magic trying to get to the foul line more, the Magic getting these good opportunities, these efficient shots, shots that they will make more often than not, that's going to make the offense improve. It really looked like early in the season the Magic were going to be a team that would get to the foul line a lot more consistently. And again, the proof is in the pudding. Doing that got the Magic better offense. They were scoring more points. When the Magic are struggling offensively, being able to get to the line, being able to force the defense to make a mistake and just take a breath at the free throw line, that can help an offense stay afloat as they figure out how to get better shots. You don't want to force things again, like I said earlier, but again... You can get you can get points. This is something to keep an eye on. Again, the Magic are probably never going to be a strong free throw rate team. They're not going to get to the foul line a ton. They're getting there about 20 times per game this year. They can get that to 25 free throw attempts per game, or like even like 23, 24 free throw attempts a game. Just one or two more trips, that would make a huge, huge difference for this team because all those points they add up. We'll talk about the Magic's game coming coming up against the Indiana Pacers right after these messages. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast each week. Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get podcasts today. The Orlando Magic will complete this road trip, the longest road trip of the first half of the season, on Friday against the Indiana Pacers. It is a game that has always been viewed as a measuring stick. I know people hate me for saying this, but the Magic's goal right now should be to get to where the Indiana Pacers are, to be frank. That, that is kind of the measuring stick uh, among Eastern Conference teams, at least for small market franchises, for, for non-marquee, fran- non-marquee market franchises. Um, the Pacers have done a really good job just continually staying competitive even as they've cycled through stars, whether it was Danny Granger, now Victor Oladipo, um, Paul George. They've done a really good job cycling through stars, scouting and drafting really well. And they're always in the playoff mix with, you know, again, maybe once every decade having a shot at making it to the conference finals or having a team capable of getting there. This year's team is very much like every Indiana Pacers team. They're smart defensively. They play extremely hard, even with a new coach. Um, they play extremely hard. Uh, they're able to hit from the outside. They're st- again, they, they take what the defense gives you, and they're able to beat you in multiple ways. Um, even without Miles Turner, this is going to be a very difficult team. They have a lot of scores. Um, again, like the Magic, they're kind of a balanced scoring outfit, but DeMontis Sabonis is a strong scorer. He can stretch you out to the three-point line. Malcolm Brogdon is having a fantastic start to the season. Um, and they've got enough shooting around them to to really sustain themselves throughout the course of the game. Uh, you know, whether it's Doug McDermott, whether it's even Justin Holiday, 
Um, they, they've, they've got players who know how to play. And again, they just know how to execute their stuff. Undoubtedly, though, the Miles Turner injury has slowed them down a little bit. Um, they've, they, they're, they're struggling defensively uh, without Miles Turner. Um, two games without Turner, they've given up a ton of points. And this is a team that, without Turner, doesn't have really any room protection. Um, you know, Sabonis is a, is, is a better defender than I think people give him credit for, um, but he is not a room protector. And I think playing him at center um, is a gamble on Indiana's part to, to, to bet that, you know, we can play five out and defend well enough and be energetic defensively enough to to, to outscore you, essentially. Um, again, again that's, that's a crude way of putting it, I think. Um, I, I think that the Magic have to be better at attacking the paint. Um, the, the paint will be open, especially if Nikola Vucevic is on the perimeter. They'll be able to get into into the paint and, and I think uh, play that play that way. Um, Indiana will go small. Demontis Sabonis started at center in Wednesday's game against Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I have no reason to think that that will not happen, and th- and that's going to create an interesting matchup on both ends of the floor between Nikola Vucevic and Demontis Sabonis. Um, the big concern again, I think the team that wins the paint is going to win this game. Um, a team that is able to keep the ball out of the paint is going to win um, because. You know, this, the Pacers are going to go five out. They're going to stretch Vucevic out of the three-point line. So the, the Magic are going to have to be good defensively there. Um, I, I'm curious to see if the Magic use uh, Aaron Gordon to defend uh, Malcolm Brogdon in this game. I don't think I'd want Cole Anthony on him, and I don't think Evan Forney is quite ready to take on that big of a defensive responsibility yet. Um, and, and that'll be an interesting matchup, and Malcolm Brogdon guarding Cole Anthony will be an interesting matchup too, as well, especially with the conference stuff that I talked about with Cole Anthony earlier in the show. Um, it's it, it, this is going to be this could be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a real test for the Magic, especially um, to see if they've got that confidence. Um, you know, see if their defense can hold a really good offense down a little bit, um, and to see if they can generate some points themselves. In the matchups with the Pacers last year, you know, whatever mistakes the Magic made, whether it was missing shots and long rebounds, or whether it was turnovers, Indiana always took advantage of it. And Indiana and Orlando used a lot of drop coverages last year. Malcolm Brogdon just ate that up. Um, you know, just just took that space and just hit jumpers. And Orlando hasn't been dropping as much. They've definitely been dropping uh, a little bit more of late. Um, but they've they've done a little bit more blitzing on screens. And I, I'm curious to see if the Magic are able to to uh, to to find some advantage there again. Control the paint, and I think you control this game. Um, you know, I think both teams have weaknesses. Both teams are, you know, the Magic are not playing great yet. Uh, they've had. Uh, it had a really nice second half on on Wednesday, but they've still got a lot of work to do. Uh, and this Indiana team, despite not having a key player, is still pretty good. Um, if if Nikola Vucevic can have a big game and can kind of cancel out Demonte Sabonis, uh, we'll see what the rest of the team can do with that. Um, but again, win the paint, and I think you'll win this game. The Orlando Magic will tip off against the Indiana Pacers to wrap this road trip on Friday at 7 p.m. We'll have complete coverage of that game on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, so check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Follow us on Twitter live during the game at OMagicDaily. Uh, we'll briefly recap that game on Monday's episode of Lockdown Magic. I'll have a Lockdown Live as well if you follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.